As we begin Pride Month, the Healing Space would like to thank Us Helping Us for being our sponsor for this episode. Us Helping Us is one of the largest Black-owned and operated community-based organizations in D.C. and Maryland, striving to offer comprehensive care to the DMV and beyond since 1988. UHU offers free and confidential HIV and STI screenings. This includes gonorrhea, chlamydia, and hepatitis C. UHU also offers case management for HIV-positive as well as HIV-negative individuals, mental health services, workshops on sexual health, as well as power dynamics and risk reduction. They also provide a stocked food pantry, linkage to PrEP and PEP, along with a host of support groups for the LGBTQ community and heterosexual individuals as well. For more information, please visit the website uhupil.org. Here you'll find information on more of their services, all of the upcoming events, office hours, and addresses to both locations. Also, you'll find a portal to sign up for workshops, share questions you may have, and schedule a testing appointment. You can also like and walk with their social media from the website as well. At Us Helping Us, they meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. And now, let's get healed. Welcome to the Healing Space. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. And I am Brandon Harris Williams. And guess what this is? What is it? This is Black, Queer, and Unapologetic. Okay, you like you didn't know that last word. I really didn't know You have to hold going. for the pregnant pause. Oh. Thanks. Indeed. What's the difference between a pregnant pause and a dramatic pause? A dramatic pause is when you do all this! And now I speak. No, I don't. I don't. Don't ask me what it is, then tell me I'm wrong. I, I really wasn't expecting that answer. And then you learn something new every day. I, oh, this is a. Are we gonna do this all episode? All of this energy that you give right now? I don't. This is a lot. Black queer and dramatic. So our guest this week <laughs> from Black Queer and Unapologetic in the third seat, as always, <laughs> is the Libra himself. Mr. George Hill. Hey, hey, sir. How's everybody doing? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm awesome I, was, I was good. Now I don't know. And now you're I great. you accosted, kind of, you know. So. Thank you. I have First a of all, and this is the reason why <laughs> I have balanced out this shit. Because oh. I've been dealing with air signs the entirety of black queer and unapologetic. Unapologetic. You can't See, talk. this is what air like signs do. <laughs> this is what air signs do. So I brought in somebody to watch my back. Somebody to have my back for once. My water sign family. <laughs> <laughs> the host of the Outline Podcast, Mr. Kevin Dwayne, y'all. <laughs> of Black Queer and Unapologetic is all about mental health. Okay. As we're closing out Mental Health Month. Well, look at God. Look at that. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Okay, I don't... I was... I was giving you a pregnant pause. We're giving you all these options. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's uh, going to be the running gag today? Is mm, that what we're doing? Gag. Look at your face. <laughs> you know all about that. So... No. You don't? Okay. Not unless they want it. Oh. Options. Okay. Look, that's what this episode is really about. Ebo shot. Options. <laughs> it is Memorial Day weekend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's not, wagging his finger really. after it's after George said that. <laughs> Some people only do things on holidays. Listen, that's true. People better choose when it's Memorial Day. When it's not, it's not my Memorial Day. <laughs> no, it's not. 
not my memorial you get day. Out of town gagging. Mm. Yes, DC gagging, Miami gagging. Is Sizzle still a thing? It yes, is. it is. I haven't seen anyone on my Instagram posting either. Sizzle. I've seen several. Really, Kaya was saying that. I was like, all I see is DC. Oh. Well, all right. Has Sizzle kind of died down a little bit? Yeah. They, okay. It's not centralized like it used to be. They don't have like a host hotel. It's got like, you. Y'all come out here. We'll organize what y'all do. But, <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got time. Just come and come out right. to the parties and then we'll, right. we might see you. Right. <laughs> you know, here's a clue in my car. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode is also special for a different reason. So... There was a mistake made, and I'll put it on me instead of putting it on me and Brandon. I'll put it on me. Okay. The Black Queen and Apologetic, for all of you misfits who are listening, you know it always happens on the seventh of each episode. Okay. So the seventh episode, 17th episode, 27th episode, this was supposed to be what I assumed was the 37th episode. Well, it is now, but you guys have an episode that came before this, and that was initially supposed to be the Black Queen and Apologetic. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know where this is going. Right. So, I was like, So, this is oh, slightly yeah. an extension of Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. <laughs> just a little bit of overlap. Just a little bit of overlap. Yeah, exactly. So, and the reason why this is so special is because this is the birthday episode for Mr. BHW. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday. Gemini season. Okay. <laughs> don't hey, happy birthday. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, you see how he treats me. This episode, a witness, right? What? Right. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I got this water here now, boy. Kevin's like nothing happened. Got this water here now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, such a difference in this episode now. <laughs> such a difference. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So. This is this is pretty special because this is your first birthday with the healing space. It is. Yeah. What's the actual birthday? Like the date? date? Right. It's it's two days after this is recorded, right? So your birthday's on the seventh, right? Of June. Yes. Yeah. So this will be on the fifth when you guys are listening to this. Yes. Indeed. Aww. Come on. <laughs> your birthday is on a Thursday, right? Yes, a Thursday. Okay. <laughs> like, let's make sure we're not making so, a mistake um, again. <laughs> it is on a Thursday this year. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, whoo, Jesus. All right. So okay. <laughs> so with that being said, we're gonna be celebrating you all episode. So. Oh. See, I, See I didn't even say it that time because you, you said it for me. There we go. Because you felt it coming, right? It was listen, right there. You got to do it for you. You know, show up for each other. <clears throat> Sometimes. <laughs> this is Listen, just because it's your birthday, don't show out. I just... You started with me. Okay. Come on, birthday spanking. Right, don't fight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get them licks. <laughs> 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 when you show up, you get licks. <laughs> So you can do licks, but you can't do gagging? What do we... You do all of it, too. You got my master pee. No limit. I was like, what? You better. Come on. You better say. I love the whole whole body language thing. You have to get there. I I love it. I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) This is... You know what? You've switched places with Brandon. I just realized that. Brandon is usually the more quiet of all four of us whenever we do black and weird. And I quit. Really? My, I gotta get my energy up. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. When the questions come. Okay. There we go. We, you like that lead in? I have a lot to say. I've so. got, I'm ready. I came prepared. I you got, got extra sleep. You got I knew I was going to deal with. He has copious notes. Copious notes. Listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> bullet points. Come yeah. on. Those are bullet points. He came in here on the ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ready. <laughs> Come on, Jill Scott, be ready. Yeah. Listen, be, be ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. So the first question, because I was like, "What a smooth seven minutes!" Like, <laughs> but that's all good. It's fine. That's all good. Gotta warm it up. We're un- put it in the oven. We're unapologetic about it. Exactly. Indeed. So first question: <laughs> How has mental health impacted your romantic relationships? Your mental health, as well as your own. <coughs> did I read that right? You did. How has your mental health impacted your romantic relationships? Okay, their mental health as well as your own. You there we your go. Yeah, I said okay. your. I, 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 heard like, I don't think I read that right. No. <laughs> you said you read the. Oh, you better. There we go. Okay, so the first person we'll go with is the person who's new to the table, and that'll be Mr. Kevin Dwayne. Oh, I got a seat at the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, mental health very fucking important come on um i realize there's a there's been a 
transition from when I was younger to now, as it should be, because mm-hmm. evolution is important. But I remember speak. When I was, <laughs> it's important. Listen, when I was younger, it didn't have any factors. You know, you just out here just dating. Oh, he's cute. Right. Oh, he thinks I'm cute. We fucking cool. But then you have all these things that are bubbling up, and you don't have labels for them. You know, there's insecurities. I don't know what insecurity is. I just know I don't like when you do that, and it makes me feel this way. But I don't know how to say that. Right. Didn't know how to right. speak before. Or on the flip side, I would be in relationships with people who were actually abusing me and I didn't even know it. Right. Like I'm being emotionally abused. I'm being like, not not so like physically, but there's these things I don't know how to identify. I just think it's the way things go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I'm like, oh, these things do have labels. These things do have like definitions and, um, and they're problematic. And so right. as I got older and started learning myself, taking figuring out my own accountability and figuring out things, I was like, okay, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. So then I started working on my own mental wellness and my own things that I, that I could work on, my own insecurities and getting to self-esteem. Self-esteem was the very first thing I ever worked on. Mm-hmm. That was the very first thing that I was like, oh, I have an issue with this. Let me work through it and figure this out. Yeah. Because you can't date anyone when you're not sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's Speak terrible. a whole word. But then <laughs> as, you start, as you start building that, and me and Ray were talking about this all the time, when you date people, you start looking at their mental wellness too. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about how it can be frustrating when you go through doing your work, mm-hmm. but then you see people who haven't even begun even realize they even need one. Listen. Yeah. And so it does affect dating in that sense because you're like, okay, I at least need you. Yes, you have a lot of shit under the rug. Yep. Just put up this little corner and just we'll work on that little corner. Come on. That's it. It's that's a process. It. I'm not going to pull the vacuum out. Just Listen. the room. We just right. get a little bit. That's it. Just work on it because yeah. it's it's hard to unpack things for other people. They have to want to do it. So it's definitely affected. And I think it's more positive now because I know how to pay attention to those red flags now. Yeah. And nip things in the butt earlier on. Right. But it does make the pickings much more slimmer. Doesn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> it does. That's how it's affected me and dating and things like that. So, Got you. Yeah. Thank you. George, what about you? Um, for me, as far as like mental health and like I guess dating, I'm not sure if it's even a mental health issue. But I know that, um, I know my family, uh, just growing up, we weren't very a demonstrative family. Mm-hmm. We didn't really, I mean, we loved each other, but we weren't really open to talk about certain issues. And we just kind of usually swept things in the rug and just kind of dealt with it in our own way. And I know that going into relationships, that's kind of carried over for me, where I'm not as, or I'm not as open to discuss certain things, but I'm always willing to listen to someone else's problems and whatnot. So... I know that, you know, that would become a problem because I would start to feel resentment toward the other person because it wasn't reciprocated. But how would they know that? Because I wasn't open with them. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I know that that's crept up several times in relationships with, you know, romantic partners and also friendships. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, just not being able to come to the table fully and be open and share, people aren't getting to know the real you. So right. just acknowledging that there's a problem and that there's, you know, things that you need to discuss and just saying okay I'm worthy to share that with someone absolutely you know it's been a really big thing for me and it's still a work in progress but um but yeah I think that's kind of where that's the kind of crept up my relationships with um romantic partners and you know friendships as well so yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. don't want to speak PHW <sighs> so presidential I just I just hear president every time I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm president of but okay I'll take it I'll take I it I can tell you so many okay <laughs> <laughs> You black bitch. Yeah. So I love you too. You beautiful black bitch. BBB. Another one. I don't have so many BBBs. What is going it on? Okay, so <laughs> no, I think um, like kind of what both of you guys have already said. Um, definitely, I realized that there are certain insecurities I've had or I'm dealing with still, and it's like something will happen. I'm like, okay, I don't like that, mm-hmm. and then, but I won't always say it. Kind of like you said, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily the most vocal, but I definitely my face is very expressive, or my body language will change. So they they've always noticed, mm-hmm. and so it normally kind of becomes a conversation that way, and it is too. Um, like you said, it's like sometimes it is even hard to do your own work while you're dating someone or getting to know someone because you can't focus maybe as much on yourself and your own work or healing as you need to and as opposed to I mean that while also also dealing with their own stuff that they're dealing with too, or even if they're not dealing with it. Because mm-hmm. there was somebody um, I was dating before we were talking for a long time on and off, but we both had a lot of stuff that we were kind of avoiding. Um, like our own work that we were avoiding, but also while trying to deal with each other. So it's like, well, we can't, 
even help ourselves, alone try to help each other. Like we're both trying to help each other with their work, but while avoiding our own work so it doesn't, nobody's helped because nobody's, we're not willing to help our own selves. And so you just really have to be very um, just mindful of your own, like acknowledging your own shit and trying to deal with that, but also paying attention to their shit. And you can't, you can call them on it, but it has to be in a way that they can receive. It can't be like, okay, I'm working on me, so you need to fix this, this, this about you. Like, no, it's like, this bothers me, so can you address that kind of a thing? Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. It really is painful to, to one, confront yourself about things that you do, Mm -hmm. but it's also painful to um, accept it. Yeah. It really is. And like, once again, a conversation that me and Raven have about you can't tell someone about themselves until they're ready to receive it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if they're not ready, they're going to shut your ass down. Every hard. time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be, it's going to be below the belt. It becomes, I know you're not talking when you got A, B. It's like, whoa. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's hard. Well, let me ask this. Like, do you think it's, could you possibly, while you're doing the work on yourself, do you think it's, um, that you should date while doing that work? Baby! Okay, listen. Listen. That's, that's a question I always Oh, baby! You just asked... Oh, my God. That's one of the most important questions a person can ask. Yeah. I have so much bubbling out of me, I have to prepare myself. Okay, mm-hmm. let, me, let me breathe real quick. Let me breathe real Take quick. Here's the reality. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. The truth is you shouldn't, but the reality is it will. I'd be lying if I said that all four of us shouldn't do it. All four of us have, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the truth. Mm -hmm. But in knowing that, if you're working on yourself and you get into a relationship, or even if you go out and begin to date, Mm -hmm. you need to be willing to not only own the journey that you're on, but be willing to share it with the person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Don't make them think they're crazy when they're noticing things. Mm -hmm. That's your bad. Mm -hmm. No, it's their bad. To not talk with you, but to talk at you. That's their bad, you know? Which is something that those of us who may be a little further along in our mental health journey need to understand. We can't talk at people. We should talk to them and to see you where you are, you know? But the problem is is that whoever it is who may be on a different level, I don't want to say lower, that sounds wrong, but in a different space Mm -hmm. than where you are, they oftentimes will make you seem like you're crazy. Because of what it is that's going on with them because they don't want to own it. What, right. what Kevin was talking about earlier. When you, bring, bring, when you bring things to someone, if they're not prepared, then they're looking at you like, hold up. I haven't even gotten to that chapter. Your chapter's <laughs> ahead of me. You know? So it's like you have to understand that even though you haven't gotten to that chapter yet, don't, don't come at people with this anger and this defensiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the mm-hmm. way that they're speaking to you as far as what it is that they're going through and what they see that you're going through. Right. A conversation I was having with Kaya the other night. And I so appreciated him bringing this up. He said, what I love about you and another one of his friends who was out with us that night. He said, what I love about the two of you is that you tell me what you see I may need to work on, but you say it in a loving way. And I don't receive it as you being harsh. I know that I have things that I need to work on. So I'm not offended. I see it as you giving a shit. The right. fact that you say that. And I'm like, right. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I have so few people in my life who actually will acknowledge, like, you know what? Well, this kind of bothers me that you do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm perfect. I'm flexible. Mm-hmm. So, And I have no problem looking in the mirror and being able to say to myself, you know what? That's some fuck shit. Like, you may need to work on that. Right. The problem is that everyone's so defensive because they are so insecure mm-hmm. that the slightest thing you say to them makes them like... Yeah. But yeah. it becomes a thing of with that, and to, to end here... That's still not a place where we should get angry at them, you know, because they're on a journey. See them and be like, that's pain. What you're giving me right now is pain. Now, I can't date you. <laughs> it's like, we, we can be cool, mm-hmm. maybe. But, but it's like, we definitely can't date because I can see from the fact that you're kind of venomous at everything I say. Yeah. That you're in a place of healing that I can't give you as a partner right now. Mm-hmm. I may be able to give you as a friend, but not as a partner, you know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that answered your question. And you can't... And I, just one point on that. The thing about like criticism and things that, that could be changed and, and things of the sort. Like I always tell people, you don't get to control 
my reaction to what you do to me. Mm-hmm. You don't get to say, oh, you're being... No, 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 no. You offended me. Right. I'm addressing it. Right. I'm not talking about what you do to other people. I'm talking about what you did do to, to me. me. You don't get to control my response to it. Right. And I think that's another thing because people are so guarded. It becomes this, I was just playing. I don't I don't know how you joke. Right. I don't right. know how you do things. So <laughs> Listen. You, don't get to, you don't get to just all of a sudden... Jokes are usually funny. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you don't get to control that reaction. That's yeah. another thing that you also see... Um, with dating and things of that sort, or right? Even, even toxic friends and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, like, ooh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get to tell me it's funny. Yeah, right. You know, it's I like, okay, you told a joke. I didn't find it funny. Like, right. that's not how it works. Different type of comedians. Listen, <laughs> you know, you like Kevin Hart, like Michael Shea. You know, it's like listen. Different- <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> okay, so the next question. <clears throat> Name two songs, one that describes who you are when you're in a beautifully positive mental and emotional space, as well as a song that describes who you are when you're in your worst space mentally and emotionally. Now, the reason why I simply wanted us to name the song and the artist is because I want for the misfits to be able to listen to this episode and kind of get a feeling for the Mm -hmm. reason why Mm -hmm. those songs may be the songs that we have by kind of gauging our personalities. I tell people all the time I love to study folk. You know, I like to study people listening to podcasts. So if you're looking at people on social media, for all the people who try to tell you that social media is BS and you don't really get to know who they really are, that's absolute BS. (laughs) You can learn a hell of a lot from a person from who they are on their page. They tell you stories upon stories. Um, So I feel like you can learn a lot just from these two songs. So I'll go first. Uh, My song that I listen to that I think uh, describes who I am when I'm in a beautifully positive mental and emotional space is Shine by Mel LaRue. Um, the song that I think describes him perfectly when I'm in a worse mental, like kind of a, a toxic, more dark space, would be uh, Sit Away by Boys to Men. Okay. So next, BHW. Okay. Pressure's on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're just listing the songs. Um, so the more uh, be- beautifully bleh, positive uh, mental and emotional space would be uh, Carl Thomas, I Wish. Mm-hmm. And then a more um, darker place or just going, I guess, in your feelings or whatever. It will be uh, Mary J. Blige, My Life. Okay. Mm, that's good. Mr. Hill? Um, I guess if I'm in a very good, positive place, it would be uh, Kanye West's Highlights. And then if it's a dark place or in a bad mood, probably um, Donny Hathaway is giving up. Come on. I love that. Mr. Hathaway? It's like dark liquor music. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dark liquor music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grown man, shit right there. What's <laughs> <laughs> no chaser? Just straight. Yeah. Who's the chaser? Ooh, <laughs> come on. What's a chaser? I'm with you on that. You gotta <laughs> come on. Kevin and George just gave each other a high five. That's extra calories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> right, literally. You know? Oh. And for you, Kevin. Yes, for a more positive place will be Sounds of Blackness, Be Optimistic. Mm-hmm. That's always going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> you can win. And then uh, for my lower would be Joe Scott, Hear My Call. Mm. Yeah. Come yeah, on, I'm going to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those songs make you kind of like, you know, okay, it's time to record another one. <laughs> another. Right? As I listen to it for the fifth time. <laughs> yes, for the fifth time. Oh, the bottle's empty. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you better oh, make another run. Nice one. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got you got them in the house already. Okay, yeah. Keep, you better keep them. I mean, yeah. Just go from one bottle to the next sometimes. <laughs> oh, sometimes it's dark. Listen, no judgment. <laughs> change the album, change the bottle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is why we need live. <laughs> All the physical it's motions not, to go along with. Yeah, it's the bottle lasted me the whole album, you know. Right, no. Know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this look on your face. Oh god. Okay. So, <laughs> next question. What has been your experience with your own mental health over the years? We'll start with George first. All right. Um I guess over the years, like, and you know, not throwing my family under the bus, but getting back to what I just said earlier, like I said, we weren't a very demonstrative family. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even really consider my mental health or kind of even get into it until I was probably my mid 20s mm-hmm. when I started to notice I was like suffering from some signs of depression. And I would, you know, you'd have a bad day, you know, and then you would get over that, but then it would go from one bad day to two days mm-hmm. to three days to, you know, 
it might be a week. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all know our own bodies, so you know if something's wrong with you, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, is is this normal? Is this depression? You know what I mean? But I but even at that point, you know, I was still trying to you know, push it back and not really acknowledge it because, you know, there's that whole taboo, you know, you're going to be crazy, you know what I mean? Especially right. in the black community or whatever. Um, but then as I got into my 30s, I noticed it was happening more and more often. Yeah. And, you know, you just can't run away from stuff like that. So I finally, you know, acknowledge, okay, I do suffer from depression. I need to talk to someone about this. And I finally did. And um, it's definitely helped me as far as, like, seeing those signs and learning from them and then knowing what to possibly trigger them. Because sometimes there's no trigger, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a growth process because even, like, two years ago, I wouldn't even said, you know, that I suffer from, you know, bouts of depression. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, like, been my journey, you know, from, I guess, teens to, like, to where I am now. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being open about that. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. BHW? Um, <clears throat> mine is a little similar. I think, like, growing up, I never really thought, I guess, about my mental health or trying to, like, even notice certain things. And so then when I went away to college, it was, like, difficult because there would be, like you said, like, there's, like, a bad day here or there. But then it's, like, I noticed looking back, there were things I was avoiding mm-hmm. or things that I wasn't dealing with. And they kind of, like, piled up. It's like, okay, I'll push this to the back and, like, focus on this over here. And then, like... Okay, something else happens. I'll push that to the back. Something else happens. I'll push that to the back. And then eventually it's like, okay, well, I can't get out of bed for like a week. Like, or I haven't left my house in yeah. like several days kind of a thing. And so it's, it, it ha- it's a journey to like finally really be open and honest like with myself first. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is what's wrong and this is where it started. And then this is how I need to address it or like fix it. And then actually like fixing it. Because mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's even a lot easier to just acknowledge like, okay, this is the problem. But it continues to go on, and then something else happens. Just push that over there, and then you've added to the problem. So it's like really taking the time to sit with myself and like say, "This is what's wrong. This is what I'm going to do to try to change it or to to fix it, so it doesn't continue to be an issue going forward. So that the days staying in the house aren't as frequent, kind of a thing. So it's like getting out to be able to do other stuff. Okay. So, Thank you, BHW. Uh, for me. Depression showed up, as far as I can remember, depression showed up for me for the very first time in my ninth grade year of high school. Uh, That was when I was attempting to find who I was. Because for my journey, it's always been a thing of, I've I've always led with love. So to live in a world where that's not really the most popular thing is kind of difficult. Because I genuinely, I'm one of those kind of people where I've always been very confused by the way the majority of people think. Like, a part of my story is that I've never believed homosexuality was wrong. So it's always been very confusing to me. And I've talked to my mother about it. She's tried her best to explain to me. But even today, it's still kind of confusing to me. I don't really get how anyone thinks that's wrong. But that's also because I was, I was raised in a home a little different as far as black people go, where religion wasn't like... Like, my family became staunchly religious after I was old enough to be able to be like, I have, I'm away from y'all, you know? Um, so it's like, I can't imagine, that's why I send so much love out to people who were brought up in it because my family was on the skirts of religion. When I was growing up, I was attending church more heavily than they were. Mm -hmm. I came away from church by the time they really got heavy into it. So it was like, I was always confused, like, but this is who I naturally am. I'm not attempting to be attracted to somebody. I just am, you know? So I would, when I was entering ninth grade, it was a thing of, I don't understand why you're mean. I don't understand where you have a thing against homosexuality. I don't understand racism. Like it was all these things. And I was like, okay, I have to find myself. So I went into this depression, which created this very dark phase. Now it's interesting because I was dark, but I wasn't dark. So it was like, I dressed, I was very gothic. Um, You know, it was like skulls. I I had skulls, caskets, like all of these things. I was very, very deeply morbid, but and this is the reason why I understand kids who are like that. I wasn't evil. Mm-hmm. I wasn't negative. I wasn't mean. None of that. It was all the way I dressed. So it was like when I look at kids these days who are dressed like that, I'm like, stop judging them, thinking that they're satanic and all these things. I'm like, they're just looking for a way to express themselves. Mm-hmm. All of that outer was all me expressing me. I call that my cocoon phase. That was my chrysalis because I went in to attempt to figure out who I was. Tenth grade year, I came out. The depression went away. Like when I tell you... I. <laughs> The way I look back, the way I used to dress, Jesus. I had I dyed my hair light brown, used to wear tight body shirts, all these gold chains and everything, colored contacts. Like, I was just like, I'm here. <laughs> it was like a yeah, totally different person. 
So I was like, I was so, and, and it got to a point where I no longer cared about all of that stuff. I was like, if that's going to be your story of negativity and hate, then that's fine. But I'm going to be happy, you know? And depression didn't really come back again. Like I had small moments because for me, my mental health has always been in a place of not being able to trust people. You know, I always tell the story of how since I was a kid, I've never been able to trust anybody. Every time I get a group of friends, something always ends up happening where the large majority of them end up turning their backs on me. So I never, I'm never able to enter a friendship just being able to be completely free. I'm always thinking at some point you're going to do something to me. So that's probably my biggest mental health issue is trust. I have a deep fear psychologically thinking that someone's going to do something to me all the time. And I operate in that every day, a sense that you're going to turn your back on me. So that's when I fell into this deep depression in my early 20s and I started going to therapy. So I sought therapy and that, and again, I want to stress to you misfits who are listening right now that this is my story. I'm in no way saying that this is the way other people should operate. My faith ended up becoming so strong that I no longer needed therapy. Um, I, I weighed so heavy into God and my belief that I could get better through spirituality that I did. But this is the reason why I tell everybody this is my story. By no means listen to this and think that this is the way you have to go. Therapy is important, you know. So take that away that don't think you can just leave therapy and then trust in God. That ain't nobody's story, you know. But for me, that ended up raising me to a new spiritual plane. And I've pretty much been the same since with the exception of I think I said when I first moved down here, I fell into a really deep depression. But before that, it hadn't been since I was in my early 20s. So, But the, the journey for me continuously from a mental point of view is the trust situation. So that's why none of us are perfect. I'm still working on and learning how to trust people. And every time I get to a place where I think I can, somebody else stabs me in the back. So it's like, it's a story of each of us arrives at a place day to day where we're working on ourselves. And this goes from a place who people who are addicts as far as drugs and alcohol, all the way down to your mental health awareness. No one can assume that just because you've quote unquote defeated something that it doesn't rear its head again, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why I always tell people, I want to get out of this. It's just that every time I feel like I have both hands up and I'm about to pull myself up, somebody steps on my fingers and I fall back down again. So the question becomes, for me, what can you do to finally create your happiness and climb out of that hole and figure out a way where somebody's about to step on your hands again, move your hands out the way, to finally get to the point where it's like, you don't get to do that. I'm climbing out and I'm going to be free. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that looks like yet. Because I don't know how to exist in a world where I can be free of not needing to trust. Well, what is Can I ask a question? Absolutely. What does that freedom look like to you, though? The, the freedom of finally being able to mm-hmm. exist beyond that? Yeah. To be at a place where I feel like everyone is as transparent as I am. Oh, okay. Like me, when I have problems with people, here's the exception. If I believe that people are too emotional, and this is my bad, when I believe that people are too emotional, I don't confront them. Because I don't know how to operate in emotions Mm -hmm. like I'm very logical so in my mind I confront people when I know that they can form what I'm saying and where it's not like like you're attacking me right so for me my that that freedom would be in a space where in all of my friendships and my my romantic relationships and family (laughs) shit is a thing where everyone can clearly state how they feel with no need to hurt. If hurt comes, it's because I'm just telling my truth. I'm not looking to hurt you. I'm just speaking of my truth and you just so happen to be hurt. Mm-hmm. I have no problem apologizing because you're hurt. That wasn't my intention. Conversations like that. Like things where it's like, okay, here's exactly how I feel. I felt like I wasn't going to talk to you about this. And I was going to go and talk to him or her or something like that. But I realized that that's not what friendship is. Mm-hmm. Friendship is I'm going to talk to you right now. We're going to have this conversation. That's where my freedom lies. My freedom lies in finally having nothing but that in my life where all of us are like, listen, I love you. So because I love you, I'm coming to you right now. I'm not going to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Here's the situation. So I have to constantly operate in that and I have to look for other people who will constantly operate in that. And there's my freedom. The question is, if I can't find that, how do I operate without that having to happen? Oh, gotcha. Because in, in, when you you can even have relationships, not to go too much off of this, but I, um, I want to get you to understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I've had relationships with people, romantic ones, where we couldn't get closure. They didn't want closure. I did. You can't always have people make closure with you, so you have to create closure yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started doing. I've started forgiving and letting go so that my peace of mind will be intact. 
So that's what I'm saying when I say I have to figure out in this scenario how I can make my peace if I can't get peace from all sides. So you can't expect that every single person you meet in life is going to operate in that place of transparency and communication. So how can I make my peace so I don't got to deal with it anymore? Did not mean to go on for that long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I asked, you answered. So yeah. Okay, Kev. Oh my lord! What have you on? Well, no, my mental health over the years has always been tied to a couple key things. Uh, one, um, validation, mm-hmm. and that connects to self-esteem, and then also fear. But over the years, I've kind of been knocking each of one of them off, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Growing up, plug of No Fear, No Shame, which I wrote for. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. I'm going to read that. But um, yeah, as a kid, I was a big people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Somehow it was conditioned. I don't know how that happened that I needed to be approved by other people. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was a very sacrificial kid. Yeah. If if you didn't get a piece of candy, you could have my piece of candy because that'll make you happy with me. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get this, there were times where people had to come to the side and say, Kevin, stop giving your stuff up to other people. They don't like you. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought that the world worked around me pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. And that carried well into um, my young like twenties and stuff like that, with dating and stuff like that. It yeah. always became this, am I pleasing you? But then um, I had to grow a backbone at a certain point and challenge those things. Like I said, the first thing I I studied was Mm self-esteem. I was having a conversation with one of my best friends and she was like, have you ever just thought about self-esteem in general? She was speaking about herself, Mm -hmm. but it made me think about, I was like, I've never really thought about it. That became a Google. And I was like, self-esteem. And I found this book on Amazon about self-esteem and I picked it up and worked through it. And And it just uncovered all these things I never considered. I'm like, oh, I do that. Oh, I do that too. And all of a sudden, I'm working through this workbook about self-esteem and I'm changing these little things about myself. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. And realize that I actually struggled from a low self-esteem through my dating, my friendships. (laughs) Like, my friendships look nothing like they do today. Mm -hmm. They used to be terrible. It's just people you have a good time with, but they're not actually your friends. Right. Right. And then dating the same way as people who want to smash, but they're not actually there for you. And so after that, I started kind of looking at things through a different lens. As far as the, um, as far as also the people pleasing piece, that kind of left with me leaving religion for the longest time. I was controlled by that, especially with like sexuality. I wanted people to see me approved or whatever by their standards. Right. So I got to where I'm like, I don't believe this shit. So let's just stop this now. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. And then when I pushed away from that, it really between that and being in a long term relationship. And having both of them kind of in in a period of time, it put me into this great introversion that was good for me. My um, butterfly moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where it was like I, it was me. I cut off religion. I didn't have any weird serial monogamy stuff going on. It was just me. So I, I got to figure out what my beliefs were, what I actually liked to do, what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. what I learned how to confront things. When you spend enough time by yourself, and this is why mm-hmm. it's important. Mm-hmm you get a to a place where you actually can tell people what you like and don't like. And it gets to the point like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, girl, that's okay. I remember when I moved out here, because everyone says I got a backbone when I got to Atlanta. I'm like, <laughs> I'll take that. Right. I'll take that. It's the trap music. I mean, it's the trap music, right. Yes, it's the it, trap it, music. It, 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 it does something to you. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, it does that. So I remember some friends were like, oh, come out to this club. Come on. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. And they were just like, oh, yeah, no, you got I was like, I said, I'm not going. Right. So they were like, damn. We didn't expect that from you. I was like, because I just told you, I'm not going. And before it would be like, oh, okay, I'll just come out. And people got used to that. Right. I actually got into it with a former friend because he tried to be pushy with me. And I was like, no, it's not happening. And then he did this whole thing about, I just feel like you were attacking me. I'm not attacking I just said no to you. Listen. And you weren't used to me sure. saying no to you. And that's a problem on your end, not mine. Not mine. And that yes. let me know that I was moving towards a different version of yes. me. Yeah. And that's how I got into outspoken and who I am now I was not this person maybe a decade ago right and it's just interesting to see the two you wouldn't even recognize the two Mm -hmm. but it had everything to do with mental health I I was I internalized pleasing people I internalized disappointing people that was a big one for me and I still struggle with that Mm-hmm. Even when I like, I'm good at being accountable mm-hmm. for negative things that I do. I'm, I'm like, okay, let me look in the mirror and say, am I doing this? Let me figure this out. Mm-hmm. But I will say, it still has a little sting mm-hmm. when someone says, hey, you know, you did this, and that was really inappropriate. I was just, I, in my mind, now I 
Similarly, I'm like, oh, girl, fuck you. But it's... <laughs> you know. I, and I think that's why I have such a, a sense of humor, too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that is a shield in a way, too. Mm-hmm. I can turn pain into that really yes. easily because that's what yes. comedy is. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, I am kind of taking in and being like, okay, let me process this. Were they right? Yeah, they were right about mm-hmm. that. And if I do find that it was wrong of course I'm going to apologize and say you know what you were right I am mm-hmm. going to work on this mm-hmm. you know A, B, and C but before that would have killed me that would have had me out for weeks depressed in bed like oh my god I disappointed someone mm-hmm. even with relationships which is another weak point too not the best in love mm-hmm. I'm not is I work best as a solo guy mm-hmm. because when I fall in love it adds a different kind of level of Ooh, I don't know. Kiki Wyatt, I don't know. <laughs> I see so much of myself in those other Pisces, but I see it. I'm like, that's why I stay away from niggas. So <laughs> I use my one quota. I'm sorry. <laughs> but ultimately, I do best, but like relationships is when I think that's when it really comes out because I, there's a sort of vulnerability that's there with mm-hmm. love for me. Like, I, um, I used to be very emotional. And I'm still emotional, but I balance it out with logic. I've learned how to go between the two. Mm-hmm. But when in love, that thing just gets knocked over. It yeah. literally just <laughs> gets knocked over. And that's more than just sex. Sex is easy. It's not. It's not. Be like, well, that dick got you. No, it ain't that. Right. But do you think it takes you off your course? It, it cuts you off. Yeah. It absolutely takes me off my course. Yeah. And I've had people say that I, when I was in LA a few weeks ago. Um, someone was like, I like you seeing what I'm. They're like, it's not to say that I don't want you to have a companion. Right. It's just that when you're by yourself, you're just on your shit. Mm-hmm. And it seems that when you're with someone, you get lost in them. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm still trying to figure out. But I need yeah. one of these motherfuckers to act right <laughs> <laughs> long enough for me yeah. to figure out if I've grown in that. Right. Because it is something where when I really care for someone, because I do it with my friends. I care for my friends. And yeah. I have very strong friendships, I'd like to believe. But I, I give that and more to someone that I that I am intimate with, too, if we're in a committed relationship. But sense. it's just trying to find that balance yeah. where I don't lose all of who I am in it, trying mm-hmm. to maintain it. So, stronger now than ever before. I, I love where I am because mm-hmm. there's leaps and bounds. But as you said, there's always work to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come so, on. Yeah. Come on. Listen. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next question. How do you show up for others who are dealing with mental health issues? So, uh, who went first on that last question? Was it me? It was you? Yes. Okay, so that will be BHW next. Didn't I just go? No, I'm playing. <laughs> um, make sure. Okay, I think that showing up for others, uh, you... you Again, it's like where you are on your journey, it's easier to recognize where somebody else is on theirs. Like if you're farther along mm-hmm. in your like your growth, then you can see, okay, this is what's wrong with them or this is you can recognize certain things. Like I've already dealt with that, or I've dealt with somebody who was dealing with that. So I recognize that in you. But if it's, you know, your friendship, you have to be very careful to each friend is different, each person is different. Mm-hmm. So how you address them has to be differently. But again, like you've stated earlier, because you're also further along, you can't be like, Well, this is what's wrong, this is how you fix it. You have to be like, you know, you ask them basically, what do you need help with? Right. How would you like for me to assist you? Or I've recognized this. Do you, are you ready to work on this right now? Right. If not, okay, cool. This bothers me. You do this to me. But when you are ready, you know what I'm saying? I'm here for you. So you just have to give them the space to grow because you've already grown. Mm-hmm. But you can't force it on them or force it for them either. Like each, They have to go through the process themselves. Because yes. some people can learn while watching somebody else go through something. But a lot of us have to just go through shit on our own to learn the lesson itself. Right. So, True yeah. shit. Come on, mm-hmm. speak. I try. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So me next. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so this is actually my, I guess you would say my career. But more importantly, I would say this is my purpose. Uh, it's It exists in wellness. So I take this particular question very seriously uh, because I've spent my life figuring out how to show up for others when it comes to their uh, a mental, their, a mental? Their, their mental and emotional way of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way that I used to operate when I was younger kind of flowed into what I do as far as being a light coach now. And... A lot of it has to do with what you were just saying, you know, I, and it's, it's been a, a journey because with me feeling like I have the answers, 
I spent a lot of years telling you what was wrong in hopes that your response would be like, wow, I would have never thought about that. Thank you. You know, you just took off months, years that I had to think about it. You saved me some time. Thanks. That is not the way it ends up. (laughs) I've had friendships and relationships where, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier as far as the whole trust thing. In, In communication, the way that I see communication, people would say to me what a few ended up doing, you know, which was you are telling me a certain chapter of my story that I haven't gotten to yet. Because you're telling it to me, I'm offended by that. Give me a spoiler. Right, right. (laughs) So I've had some people remove themselves from my life because of that. Now, with those people, because they could verbalize it, I was okay. I, and I don't know if this is cold about me. I don't know what it is. I don't weep over lost friendships because I consider that chapters. You existed for the time you existed. It's all good. We can keep it moving. That has a lot to do with Buddhism as well. Because in Buddhism, you learn to not be attached to things you know um because that'll bring you sorrow um but so in those instances thank you at least you gave me the respect of explaining the reason why you did i'm cool with that is those who vanish and i'm like well what the hell happened that is like or the back talking but that's last question this question is being present for people you know sitting there and listening um if kevin's okay with me sharing i won't go too deep but one of the things that i appreciate about our friendship is that He's been able to see that I listen. And I think that's important in a friendship. When someone tells you about their traumas and their triggers, that you hear them. I always tell people the importance of seeing one another, but hearing is important too. Because your friend is going to expect that when I tell you something, you operate in that. So if I tell you things that make me uncomfortable, don't go doing that shit again. Like this can't become a thing of I tell you what my traumas and triggers are. And literally, and that has been an issue that I've had in friendship is that I'm like, but I, I, I told you. I told you what it is that bothers me. How are we on the fourth time of me telling you? So I feel like you're supposed to be present for someone, no matter what it is you're going through. If you call this person your friend, you should hear them. Even if you got locked that shit away, because we're all going through something. So you have to lock it away and be like, let me unlock this if the situation presents itself again. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Hear each other. So the best way for me to show up for others is to literally hear them and see them. You are a full, complex human being. I see you. I see what it is that you're going through. And not only do I see it, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that I see you right now. You're going through a whole lot. Let me let you know that you're not a bad person. You're worth it and you're worthy. Speak things onto people. Because people are going through a lot. And sometimes all they need to know is that you see them and hear them. You know? And it's like, what you just said... I know that because I have quite a few friends. I have quite a few friends who are considered problematic on social media. Mm -hmm. And people wonder why we're friends. And I'm like, we're friends because I see them. Mm -hmm. You know, in private conversations on the side, I let these people know, you know, we have those real conversations. And we're friends because I'm like, okay, they get online and they're messy. (laughs) But it's like (laughs) in private conversations, they let me know I'm doing my absolute best to do the work. And I'm like, and I respect that, you know. And they're, they're, now there's a difference in messy. When it gets to the point where you're messy and literally trying to destroy people, that's when I separate. But if you're messy in the broad sense, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm like, okay, I see you though. You're going through a lot of pain. You know, what you need is somebody who you see on the other side who isn't going to leave you. And that's the thing. You can be messy. If your job, if your goal is you want to get out of it, I'm going to be here for you for whatever it is you're going through. So I say all of that to say, for me, it's letting people know I see you and I hear you. To constantly let them know that so they don't think they're invisible. Because especially as black queer men who live in a society where people think they're invisible all the time. And if they know that at least one person sees them, it helps them get up and keep moving the next day. Okay, Kevin Dwayne. You may as well just CC everybody. Blind copy or something. I have it written on my paper. Listen, be present. But I will say. I'm like, well, shit. All that, but yeah, you know, um, showing up is very, very, very important. Um, I think what taught me how to be a friend Mm -hmm. was having friends show me themselves. When my parents died, um, I got to see my my I got to see who my real friends were, Mm -hmm. and I saw how they showed up. 
Like I'm talking about taking off work, making sure I never had a moment alone. They were always there to talk. They were offering money, everything. And that taught me what real friendship looks like. Mm -hmm. And so from that point forward, I made it a thing. Like if I call you a friend, Mm -hmm. I am going to show up for you and I am going to be there for you. So just like Raven said, it's always about listening and then also honoring. That's what I call it, honoring. Mm -hmm. And once again, Raven and I had a conversation on Marco Polo where he was saying some things to me like like a light concern Mm -hmm. and the first thing I was like hey I hear you I honor it Mm -hmm. and I totally know what you mean but let me offer you this optimism on that certain thing it's one of those things but it's also I know Raven and I have that relationship Mm -hmm. I can't do that with everyone you have to meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. too but you also not, we're gonna go into manifestation to manifest better friends. Who take <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Come on, man. That's a whole other thing. But you meet people where they're at, and it does help. Like what Brandon said, with asking people, "How can I help you? Yeah. What do you need from me?" Mm-hmm. Because I also have friends who don't like a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. They like to be by themselves. I'm like, hey, when you're ready to talk, or if you need to talk, I'm here, and let me know whatever else you need in the interim, whether it's an errand you need ran or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's a matter of just being present and saying this is this is I want to honor your mental health because mental health looks different for everybody, for and everybody. we process differently. Listen, you have the more emotional, you have the more logical. Mm-hmm. So a logical person don't, don't want to sit there and do a pity party with you. You know, listen. What I mean? Whereas most person, you need more of that kind of. <laughs> yeah. And if you are a more emotional person, I am the enabling friend who will make you feel better. Yeah. It's, just, it's just what I do. You know, it's just a little cocaine, girl. Like, you're only doing a lot. A line per, per day. You're not doing like the whole thing. Uh, like, don't let them get you down. You're not a crack whore. You were not a crack whore. It was just that one time at the club. Right. Oh, like, listen, Mike, it's okay. Uh, so, you just show up for people where they're at. Ooh, of all things. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are doing it, so. No judgment for me. They are. Yeah. They are. You know, okay. thing, though. <laughs> that such an 80s thing, though. is back. Everything open is new again. Oh, my God. I mean, I feel like I'm just regurgitating everything that these guys just said, but seriously, I haven't written it. I wrote my own notes, guys. Come on. Um, ain't nobody. You got my right? Exactly. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. beef trying to shade us. I wrote my own notes. I said we don't write She writes her own shit, okay? Everything she spit, she spit, she writes. Okay? Um, he shamed us. No, like, no but he, like, like getting back to what you guys said, though, just, just listening. Uh, and I've learned that with my friends, just the best way to be for them, because a lot of my friends still live in North Carolina, my close, close friends. So when they do call me and they going through, they're going through a situation, I just try my best to just close my mouth mm-hmm. and just listen and just try to be there for them, you know, the best way I can. And not even... Some people do this too, like when they're telling you their problems, somebody, I mean, the other person in the line may automatically be like, oh, girl, we're we too. No, 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 just step back, listen to them, hear them, hear what they have to say, process it. And like, you know, you said, Kevin, just honor that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like um, a week ago, a really close friend of mine called me and said that, you know, she also goes through depression and anxiety. And I've known her for, you know, 20 years. I mean, I knew when she got her first training bra. So, I mean, you know, her <laughs> telling me that, I was like, wow, I've been your friend for this long and... I didn't know that. You right. know what I mean? So I, I kind of felt bad, but like I said earlier, you know, sometimes you have to let people in yeah. in order to be able to help them. So just being receptive and just letting them in and just the main thing I try to do is just listen and just kind of meet people where they are and just try to, you know, be a listening ear. Yes. Come on, listening ear. Okay. The listening trees. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to come back to you. Mr. George, okay. um, for the very last question. That is the last one, right? That's four, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Just yes, we knocked out all four. Okay. Turn the page, my script. Turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, George, okay. So, starting with you for the last question. Name three positive things that help with healing you mentally and emotionally that you think may work for others. Okay, so this just works for me, but. Um, I think mental health days are so important, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, if you're busy and you're working, you just, you know, you really need that day to sort of kind of reassess and just take stock and everything. You don't need to be ashamed of just saying, you know, I need a day to myself Mm -hmm. to kind of to process things and reassess things. Um, Again, piggybacking on what Kevin said, there is really 
power in the word no. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I was about to say, it's like, listen. Period. Okay. <laughs> so, listen. I mean, there is power in the word no. Um, me being, and I still work on it, being a people pleaser. You know, I'm always quick to say yes. But I know as I've gotten older, just saying, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or mm-hmm. no, I don't, you guys can go and do that. Or no, I really want to just, you know. Just chill or, you know, remain I'm in my broke space. this week, girl. I'm broke, girl. <laughs> that has really helped my mental health because you're just, you're just, you know, able to conserve your energy and conserve your space. And, you know, it's just helped just saying no. Yeah. Not just being a people pleaser all the time. And this might sound weird, but I often, it's not talking to yourself, but just having an open dialogue with yourself. Mm-hmm. You kind of just talk things through sometimes. I just say, okay, George. That was shitty. You're being a fuckboy right now. Or, you know, you can do better. Just kind of just, you know, just kind of having a dialogue with myself to kind of, you know, get through the next phase, to kind of get through the other side of things sometimes has always helped me. So It's good. It's positive self-talk. It is. It's not weird at all. And it's like healthy. It is healthy. And I'm an actor, so it's a monologue that I'm having with myself. You know what I mean? That's why you wrote these notes! I have a a script. You know, I gotta have a script. It makes sense now. I'm terrible at improv, so that's why I have to have like (laughs) this. I'm so done right now. I'm so done. All right, Kevin. <laughs> All right. So, um, three things I do. Number one, my first friend was music. Mm-hmm. Music is just, it's a natural healer for me, especially music from uh, simpler times. So that's late 80s or 90s. <laughs> it's just, it puts you in the mood. Yeah. It, it just, it's just like, I just, you can't help but feel good yeah. about when you hear certain songs that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is working out is very important to me. I mm-hmm. learned that later in life, you mm-hmm. know, before working out was just for vanity. But then you start realizing, no, I'm actually a much better I'm much more intact when I get those endorphins running in the morning, yeah. especially when I'm at work. I'm You're going to get a lot more out of me if I have my morning workout. And I think it's a healthy outlet because we all need them. Mm-hmm. Another thing is just simply crying. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many people are so afraid of crying. Listen. And I'm just like, that's a release. It's, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Like, it's there. That's why that's why we have the ducks. And it's not like a something we're choosing. It's not a pay-per-view option. Like, <laughs> you need to let things out. So when I want... And it's not like all the time. I think right. you've got this weird idea right. that emotional means you're just sobbing all the time. Right. No, 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 no. Right. It just means you have a varying range Absolutely. of things that can happen. So if I get to a point where I almost feel I don't like to say defeated because it's never defeat mm-hmm. but when I get to a low place if I'm feeling like I need to cry I cry yeah, and guess what happens out. I feel better and also much like a wet dream <laughs> if you go long enough without crying sometimes it'll just happen I'll be watching a video of a soldier it coming so home true. or a little dogs coming home or something, and I'll just be crying I'm like, I guess I needed to cry today Yeah. And but you feel better afterwards because mm-hmm. it's a form of release so release work out Listen to music. Those are three of my faves. Mm-hmm. Journal writing's a fourth, but it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandon. Extra close this time. No, I'm playing. Um, I think uh, number one is would be talking to others about whatever it is you're going through. Just because sometimes you just need to vent, like you like you were saying earlier. And then, of course, they need to listen. But what you should do is get it out because you can't bottle everything in or keep everything mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So, whether talking to yourself or to somebody else, it does need to get out. It can't just stay. Um, I think another thing for me really is like getting out of the house and it doesn't even have to be like getting out to hang out with friends or yeah. getting out to go really do stuff but just getting outside absolutely because staying inside of your four walls can really they can close in on you yeah. or it can get e- or it can get harder to get out of the bed the next day if you've like been in there in a constant state of in my feelings or in my depression so making sure you're doing stuff and then finding things that give you happiness so like you were saying music it's just finding the things that are able to turn your mood around and so that could be for some that's cooking, for some that's, you know, going out to do whatever it is. For some, it's being around their friends and family. Just find whatever it is that can make you happy or, or can give you some happiness because that'll definitely help. Mm-hmm. Healthy outlets are so important because as a former um, emotional eater, I had to break out of that. Mm-hmm. You have to find other things to put your energy into because it mm-hmm. will. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, well, one... I'm happy because so many things that I was like, damn, I don't want to leave that off the list. All of you ended up saying. So thanks. <laughs> Literally all of the things that I was afraid, I was like, I have to leave that off the list. All of you ended up saying at least one of them. I was like, there we go. I still got mentioned on the show. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So for my three, the first one is being of service to others. 
that helps me a whole lot mentally and emotionally. Uh, being able to go out in the, to the, and being able to go out into the community. I love doing volunteer services. Uh, when we uh, when the whole no hate thing was going on, they wouldn't come to Baltimore. So I did it and I invited the queer community to come out and do it. And when I tell you, like to this day, it has to rank as one of the most important things I've ever did in my life. Mm. Just the light and love we created and they have filled me for like the rest of the damn year. Like I get filled being able to help others. Like that's my whole purpose. So I'm like, when I leave, I'm like, nothing can take me down. My mental, my emotional, I'm just walking and I'm just on a high. Uh, The next one is deep visualization within meditation. So for those of you who have taken meditation with me before, you know that I take it beyond simply, you know, our breathing and our chanting. I like to do visualization because there are some people who can't keep their minds right there. They can become bored easily or restless and it's like, okay, this isn't enough. So create worlds. So it gives them an opportunity to travel into a place where they can still stay active. So it's not just the inhaling and exhaling. It's actually kind of an adventure that's going on. You have to use your imagination to create different spaces and things of that nature. Um, so I love doing that for myself. I don't do it nearly enough. Um, I'm one of those people that once you start teaching, you forget that you're still a student. <laughs> it's like, okay, you still need to do the work too, bitch. Um, but yeah, so I love doing uh, deep visualization exercises with my meditation. That's another way to be able to show up for myself. And <clears throat> lastly, taking out at least one day where you do little to no talking at all, just spending time alone with yourself. And I wrote down that this one is difficult because some people don't like their own company. But if you enjoy yourself, taking a day alone and cutting out social media and everything can be very healing. Uh, it's been a little bit more difficult to do it since I've been down here because I've always been living with somebody else. Uh, the beauty of the situation I'm in right now with my best friend is that he's not home a lot. And so I definitely have time <laughs> to be able to be silent. But the important thing is not just silent with your words, completely removing yourself altogether. So getting off your phone, getting off the computer, taking, turning off Netflix, all that other thing. Just you. Get a book or something, you know, just disconnect yourself from the rest of the world. And I have to stress again, if you enjoy yourself, because the journey for some people is if they have an opportunity to be by themselves, they begin to tap into all the things they don't like about themselves. Now, the positive of that is that if you get there, you can start doing the work, but the work is hard. So I tell people, okay, well, you may not want to go there yet. So get to a point where you at least like your own company, because once you like your own company, then you can do something with like read a really good book or begin to work on a project because you can work on projects on your computer and not have to be on the Internet. You know, do something with your creative mind. Find something where you can have fun that has, doesn't have to do with other people. Don't utter a word. Take that time on the inside, do some meditation while in the midst of doing things. We can make a whole episode off of meditation isn't just with your eyes closed. But um, <laughs> that's the whole thing all by itself. But yeah, so that's the last thing. Okay, that's all the questions, everybody. Right? <laughs> that's all the questions. So if people want to be able to walk with you on social media, and if there's anything else you want to share, any events or stuff you have coming up, how are they able to do that, Mr. George? All right, if you want to walk with me on... If you want to walk with me on social media, uh, I'm the GG1 on Instagram and George Hill on Facebook. But not the basketball player George Hill. Just the, I'm regular George Hill. <sighs> You're not regular. <laughs> regular You're extraordinary. Yay! <laughs> it was not fake. It was. <laughs> I didn't have any coffee today. My energy is down. Is that what that was? I think so. I just had to that something. Right. I was like, yeah. you like that year was a struggle. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Mr. Kevin Dwayne, walk this way. He had a little on. Was in my spirit. Listen, let it out. Girthy. <laughs> All right. So, if you want to follow me and my my thought selfies, it is the world of Kevin. <laughs> on everything virtually because I believe in good branding <laughs> and uh, outline podcast to stay on top of the show is outline podcast on Twitter Instagram and Facebook and KevinDwayne.com. yes BHW uh, just call me Otis on <laughs> Twitter and on Instagram Otis yeah. Redding I mean it's <laughs> real nice and old you know it's a real strong name <laughs> yes come on real strong name Otis we got a ring name better have a strong dick I know that much <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and it only took us what? <laughs> you better you better look. Yeah. <laughs> I 
that train is never late. But <laughs> you better say it. <laughs> okay, if you want to walk with the podcast, that's thspodcast.com. Uh, that's also THS Podcast on Instagram and underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. For me, all across social media, it is Scorpi Yogi. That is Scorpi Yogi. Uh, real quick plugs. If you want to be able to, not if, this is what you need to do, go to wertlm.com. That is W-E-A-R-E-T-L-M for two reasons. One, Mr. Kevin Dwayne is our feature this month for No Fear, No Shame, which is we get one person each month to tell their story, which ends up being a liberation of their spirit, a.k.a. coming out. Um, but it's it's pretty much your story about how you operate in No Fear, No Shame. So Kevin tells an amazing story this month about exactly that. So make sure you check that out at wertlm.com. Jesus. Okay. Okay. And the second thing is this, we just started this month, the month of, oh, you're listening to this in June. So in May, we were, we started a new campaign called My Body Positive where we had several people come together to tell their story based off of an episode we had a couple of weeks back called Healing Through Body Positivity. These amazing, amazing brother and sisters came together to tell some wonderful stories about their journey. And what I thought was so beautiful about it is that they tell different stories. Some people it had to do with their weight. Some people had to do with different aspects of their body that they didn't think they were beautiful. They had to learn how to love. They wanted to get enhanced and weren't, you know. We have people from the cis hetero community, queer loving people. You know, it's it's beautiful, especially to I've had so many of them come back and tell us stories that they read of other people. And they honestly felt even though they knew other people were writing, they still thought they were alone. So to hear them talk publicly on Facebook about how they thought they were alone until they read other people's stories on there, say a lot. So shout out to everyone who were brave enough to come forward and tell their stories and also found out they weren't alone in the process. That's what this whole process is about. So please take time to read that as well. And uh, make sure you're listening to the Outline Podcast with Kevin Dwayne as well. Uh, and I think that's everything. Is there anything so. else? I feel like I'm forgetting something. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all type of enunciation that I live for. <laughs> a cup of coffee and a proper coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, once again, happy birthday, Brandon. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yes, so come on, feel it. You better put that head down. Come on. You can twerk to any song. You can twerk to any song. Put on some Enya. I got you. You just put on some Enya? Listen, oh, she would have kept going. Listen. Oh my god. Listen. That would have been a clip all by itself. I'm like, I ain't going to put nothing else as the promotion for this. That's the promotion. Listen to this episode of The Healing Space. Why? Because of this. Let's twerk to Enya. Oh my god. Twerk to Enya. Come on. Let's, okay, we're going to go. <laughs> that was the whole story all by itself. Yes. Oh so thank you guys so much for healing with us. For enjoying this extended Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. Right. You know? <laughs> Thank you so much to our amazing guests for being here. You guys are phenomenal. Pleasure. Thank Absolutely. You. And until next week, we love you so much. Namaste. Namaste.